Talking sports as they report Back and forth from their home court They talk the sports if you're not sure They talk of sports and then talk more About all sports East, West, South, North Ryan talks sports Andrew retorts And George will hear as they both sort Through all the sports they both support The Walk-Ons Hey guys, welcome back to The Walk-Ons It is Friday, December 3rd, 2021 We're back after a short hiatus And there's of course a ton to get to College football conference championships games this weekend. The CFP is coming in hot, plus an absolutely wild coaching carousel. Uh, the NFL playoff race is heating up. The Suns and the Warriors until a couple days ago are on all-time heaters, and they play again tonight. And yet another clown show of stupidity from our boy Rob Manfred. Uh, but we're not going to do any of that today. Um, and so I apologize to those of you tuning in, hoping to hear some of our scintillating sports takes. But uh, the walk-on community, certainly with respect to the guys on this show, Seamus, Drew, Andrew, uh, and really the sports media community as a whole is, is grieving this week. Um, we lost one of our best buddies and probably one of the best guys <laughs> to ever walk the face of this earth. John Carlin um, passed away. He had a five-year bout with ALS, um, which is just a brutal, brutal disease. Um, but he passed away last week. And I think all of us have been, you know, hit pretty hard by it. So you know, we got together in the production meeting and decided that it just wouldn't, it would be a disservice to him and really to us to try to just talk sports because it really just doesn't matter on this stage. So um, I think with respect to that, we'll keep the show short today. Um, I'll go around the table here and let you guys kind of share some stories. You know, John Carlin, for those of you listening who don't know, um, he was one of the best in the business. He's <laughs> with, with me personally, he, you know, I credit him with kind of giving me my career start in in this industry. Um, you know, I was a kid who graduated, small town kid, graduated from UC Santa Barbara in 2008. Um, I was working at an unpaid internship, moved down to LA and had no idea what I was doing. I was fortunate enough to get linked up with John Carlin, who was the sports producer at Jimmy Kimmel at the time. And, uh, you know, former ESPN guy did a lot of stuff, uh, Fox as well. Um, and, you know, all I, all I knew from before I met him was that, Hey, John's a great guy, you know, hit him up. If you ever want to go to a Jimmy Kimmel show and he'll take care of you. And, you know, so for me being a sport, small town kid in Hollywood, I thought, yeah, why not? You know, and of course I expected this guy to tell me to screw off, but hit him up. He said, absolutely. Um, I went out there the next week. I had a, one of my favorite bands, Alkaline Trio was playing at Jimmy Kimmel that week. And uh, he brought me and my, my roommate Scott at the time. And not only did he bring us in and get us a ticket to the show, he personally walked out, met me at the front gate, took us in, took us to meet the band, um, which I couldn't believe, uh, took us front row for the show, um, stayed with us the entire time. I mean, this is a guy, you know, who had millions of things to do and millions of people wanting his attention. He stayed with us the entire show. And then not only that, uh, he took us out to dinner afterwards. And the entire time was just super engaged, um, asking us, you know, really asking me and my friend, like about us, like, what, what makes us tick? What do we want to do? And, you know, from my standpoint, I was working for his buddy, Nick Zaccanino, uh, at his sports uh, booking company in El Segundo. And, you know, I just told him I wanted to have a future in the entertainment business. And, you know, I think a lot of people could, in John's position, could say, you know, that's great. That's fantastic. And I did my part. I helped this kid out, you know, friend of a friend, wash my hands of it, right? Uh, the next day, he emailed me, asked me for a resume. I said, okay, sure, I'll send it over. Uh, a day later, I got a call from the production office uh, to come in and interview for a job, and uh, the rest is kind of history. So I moved on and 
made, made my way into Jimmy Kimmel and got hired there. And um, John became, you know, my best friend there. I'd go up to his office and spend hours with him just chatting. And he was just the most selfless dude you could ever possibly imagine. I mean, he would get me tickets. He would get me free video games. And I swear the guy, every single time he would do that, he'd be like, he'd be the one thanking me like, thank you. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. It's, you know, it's one of those things that just kind of like stays with you. And, you know, we're going to go around the table here in a second, but my story is not unique by any uh, stretch. Of course, it's important to me, but um, John was that kind of guy who I think a lot of people in the industry kind of credit their careers and their success to him. Um, Cause that's a dude who, uh, he'd go out of his way to help anyone and everyone, you know, I mean, we've even had a few guests on the show. I think uh, Mike and Drew, you know, Mike was a, a waiter who was just talking some sports with John and, you know, John took an interest in him and got him a gig somewhere and Drew, you know, met John sort of randomly on the street. And next thing you know, you know, Drew's got himself a podcast with the West coast gamblers um, not to say and take any credit away from those guys. Cause they're, they're killer dudes, but um the number of lives that John has touched in, in his life is, uh, is pretty astronomical. Um, and the impact that he had on all those lives is it's immeasurable. So, you know, um, I can't thank the dude enough and sort of thinking back I, I, really quick guys, I want to get to you too, Andrew, but I've been very fortunate in my life. I haven't lost a lot of people who are close to me. Uh, so this is kind of new territory for me. I, I feel very, very lucky. Um, but this is a tough one. This one hurts, hurts pretty deep. And, uh, you know, we want to give John, uh, th this show is not going to give him nearly the credit that he deserves, but we want to give him a shout out. So, uh, with that said, Andrew, I'll, I'll let you, uh, jump in here, buddy. Yeah. I mean, I can echo pretty much everything you just said. Um, you know, this podcast wouldn't be anything without John. Um, you know, this podcast only started because everybody, knew John in some fashion and he took a liking to all of us you know obviously Kevin was his brother and said yeah I think the four of you guys would make a really good team and unfortunately you know Kevin couldn't continue but um, the spirit stayed on and that we are all connected to John in some fashion and we owe this podcast to him and that's just one of the small number of things that we owe to John I mean he like Ryan said was was kind of a one of those guys you didn't know his name but he was an, a, a titan of the industry in sports media uh, he worked at ESPN. He worked at the best damn sports show. I mean, he was at Kimmel for the last, you know, since the show started um, in the beginning of 2003 to now. Um, he was their sports booker. He would book every athlete that, you know, was on the show. And he had relationships across town that just, you know, whenever you would talk to one of his contacts, whether they had spoken to him three times or a hundred, they, they couldn't speak high, more highly of him. He was, you know, kind of colloquially known as the nicest man in Hollywood. And that wasn't cliche at all. Um, like Ryan said, he would just, he would go out of his way to give you things to, to set up opportunities for you. There's hundreds of people who share our story and saying they owe their career or they owe the significant portion of what they're doing now to an opportunity that John gave them. Um, and, you know, he always did it without ever expecting anything in return. And, you know, in, in Hollywood, that is obviously, you know, kind of a cutthroat business. It's, it's well known that people are always, you know, looking out for number one. And John was never like that. He was always, you know, whether you're the, the athlete on the show, you're LeBron James, or you're just, you know, like Ryan said, a guy who's interested in maybe joining the industry. He looked out for you. He made sure everything was at your disposal that you needed. And it was genuine. And you just don't find people like that anymore. And the fact that, you know, this disease tackled him was just, it's so unfair. It was cruel. Um, I don't want to get into the specifics, but, you know, he battled it for five years. Uh, for people that don't know, ALS, typically within two years, you're gone. Um, and he battled for five years and never once was he 
down on his luck? Was he ever, oh, woe is me? He was always kept that same positive, that that like kind of illuminating light to him that was like, I'm going to beat this, or at the very least, I'm not going to be the guy that, you know, brings everyone down because of my situation. He was always thinking of other people. He was always putting others first, even at that, you know, those low moments of, of, of battling that disease. And, you know, we, we can, I think later we're going to go into more specific stories, but the other thing about John that was just incredible was the, the, the fascinating life he lived. Um, you know, uh, for those that don't know, I got started knowing John because I was asked to kind of help do some research into him and kind of get his life story down, knowing we weren't going to have that much more time with him, whether that was a year or five years. And we really wanted to get a sense of everything he's lived and his philosophy on things. And we wanted to capture it with the hopes of, you know, whether it was a podcast or a script or something, just, you know, a chance to share his story with a wider audience for those of them that didn't get a chance to know him personally. And so I spent hours and hours talking with him getting everything that pretty much has ever happened to him down. And then also talking to close friends. I talked to Seamus and Ryan. That's how I met them. I uh, was just doing this research into John and just really getting a sense of all the lives he touched and just how we can just being in the same presence as John can learn and can grow as people. And, you know, so much of this may sound cliche, but I, I can't emphasize enough how true it is. He really was, you know, someone we lost and we, we lost a, a huge presence in so many people's lives and, you know, I, I don't even know how many people are going to be at his memorial, but it's, you know, I, I want to say there a thousand people want to go and that's probably still downplaying a little bit. It's just, yeah, we lost a, a, a huge personality, a, you know, literally someone who brought a smile to everyone's face he came across. And, you know, I don't think my long-winded spiel will even capture still what John meant to everybody. Yeah, no, I, I think those are, I mean, it's, it's perfect, right? It, there's no words that can encapsulate what he meant to, to us and to everybody else. But you said it, Andrew, I mean, this is ALS is a, is a horrible, horrible disease. And um, it really just takes away every faculty and, and it takes away most people's will to live, to be honest. But John fought through it and he was the same guy throughout. I mean, he was, he was laughing, he was happy. He was still trying to take care of people while he was in a wheelchair. Um, and like you said too, you know, this is Hollywood. Uh, most people don't get out alive and the ones who do are the ones who, you know, are very adept at backstabbing or taking care of number one. And uh, John was successful because he was the antithesis of that. He, he took care of everybody and he knew hundreds, thousands of people um, and every single one of them, he made time for them and he made time to do it on a personal level, whether it was helping them or just having a conversation. So yeah, uh, a pretty special dude. And I, I think, you know, the that term like oh he was the nicest guy ever or whatever it, it's it's overused it's cliche it's tired it's played um it's especially used you know when somebody is gone um but i think in this case more than any um it is as accurate as you could be everybody whose life he touched basically said john is the nicest greatest guy ever um and seamus is our executive producer who's going to come on uh here in a second um I know you got a great story about when John first started at Jimmy Kimmel with the, with the killers. It's a, it's a great story. And I think it really encapsulates who John was. So um, Seamus, go ahead and take it away, buddy. Yeah, man. Thanks. Um, you guys, I mean, you guys spoke, spoke beautifully. Um, um, I, uh, I know you said um, that there's no story that like perfectly encapsulates uh, his personality, but <laughs> I spoke to, I spoke to Kevin earlier, our buddy, um, John's brother. Um, and uh, he reminded me of a story um, uh, reminded you guys you guys know it I, I actually hadn't heard it but it was like the early years at Kimmel and um, 
the killers were playing uh, and they were sound checking and they're getting ready to go sound check. And they were in the alleyway next to the stage and like an ice cream vendor came by like a little hand cart and uh, the band uh, wanted some ice cream and they went to order and everything. And then, you know, suddenly realized that they didn't have any cash on them because they were on their way to the stage. And uh, naturally John was nearby and uh, swooped in and, bought the band ice cream on their way to their uh, to their rehearsal and uh, made their day uh, so much so that the next day waiting for John in his office was a signed guitar saying uh, John thanks for the ice cream from the killers um, so I, I, I spoke to Kevin about you know about that and some other stories and stuff but that was one that stood out to me because it was you know he did all those sorts of things behind the scenes and it wasn't you know, for any sort of recognition or anything like that. It wasn't for the reward. It was just because it was like the kind thing to do. It was just, it was that, that simple for him. It's like he figured out long before most of us do um, that the best way to enrich your life is by helping other people. Like he, he got that like through and through. I mean, most altruistic guy, I mean, you'll ever meet. And uh, yeah, I mean, he just, uh, he made us all, you know, all his friends, all his associates. I mean, he brought people together and kind of made them, made them better because we all want to be just like, just a little bit like him, you know, some of the time. Yeah, I totally agree, Seamus. That was, that was awesome, man. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think the other important thing is we talk about the lives that he's touched. We're not just talking about, you know, jabronis like us or people who are publicists working, you know, work in the industry. I mean, we're talking like the biggest celebrities and the biggest athletes on the planet. I mean, I see the way that Shaquille O'Neal would interact with John. He absolutely fucking loved John. Kobe Bryant loved John. Um, I mean, like these guys who just, you know, they're there to do a show. It's part of sort of, you know, what you sign up for as an athlete or whatever. Um, most of the time they get in, they get out. Um, but a lot of the ones that I saw, you know, in my time at Jimmy Kimmel, I mean, th these, these are guys who have millions of things to do and huge celebrities. And they're, they're like, Oh, John, where are we going to dinner? You know, let's go, let's hang okay. out, man. Like, you know, come over to the house. And I, I think about one story he told me, I can't remember when it was, but maybe it was when the Buccaneers were last in the Super Bowl and they were playing the Raiders and we were doing some stuff with Warren Sapp and, you know, Warren Sapp, I mean, one of the most fearsome dudes ever, especially at the time when he was playing. Uh, but he had a, a fear of heights or a fear of flying. And uh, for the bit, um, they were supposed to take Warren Sapp up into a helicopter. And, you know, Warren was like, hell no, absolutely not. And lo and behold, John Carlin is the one who talked Warren Sapp into doing it. And Warren Sapp flat out told John, I'll kill you if this goes wrong. Um, <laughs> so long story short, he got him up. Carlin told him it's going to be okay. Like, you can trust me. And you know, they went and did this sort of helicopter tour over Miami or Tampa or wherever. But, you know, the, the encapsulation of that story is that Warren Sapp, this dude, you know, nobody would even think twice. If he says he's not getting in a helicopter, you say, okay, Warren, no problem. We're not going to do that. But John had the way about him to, to get Warren up there. Everything was great. And, you know, Warren loved him from that day on. Um, that's the kind of dude he was, the impact of people who don't really even need him, right? Because um, he helped out so many different people. But man, the, the way that I saw those celebrities and those athletes interact with him, that was, that was pretty cool, man. I mean, they, they love him too. So, um, yeah, and, hopefully. Yeah, and you've seen reactions from those guys too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the love and outpouring support. Again, you know, John is that guy who kind of is behind the scenes, but he really was, as Andrew said, a titan of the industry um, and pulled, pulled a lot of strings and, and impacted a lot of lives. And, you know, the, it was 
it's something that I'll never see in my life again. I mean, it's just, he's a one of a kind dude. Um, and you know, I won't, we won't belabor the point cause I do think that will be a, uh, a disservice to him, but yeah, the outpouring of support from, from Jimmy Kimmel and cousin Sal and Bill Simmons, who did a great, um, uh, little ode to John on his podcast. Um, and yeah, a lot of the, the celebrities and athletes who have crossed paths with John, who clearly were impacted by him too, is, you know, it's, it's really nice to see, um, Andrew, do you have anything else to, to say here, bud? Yeah, I, I want to add on to that story. You, you Please do. That was the one I was going to think of. So it actually wasn't a, a bit for the show. It was okay. it was the first episode of Kimmel ever. They were premiering right after the Super Bowl. And it was, it was, like you said, the Buccaneers and the Raiders, 2002. They're in San Diego. They want to get an athlete from the game on the show within an hour of the game ending. So John gets Warren Sapp from the Bucks because they just won. Story goes, he had to uh, sneak Warren out in disguise on an ambulance cart because they were not allowed to fly from directly at the stadium because of you know some restrictions with 9-11 that made their jobs harder. So he had to you know basically kidnap Warren Sapp, drive him up to an airfield, um, get him on a helicopter to get him from San Diego to Los Angeles in time for the show. And like Ryan said, he's terrified of flights or of, of heights. And, you know, he's He's not in a good mood because he's having to leave his team to go be on this TV show. And obviously he doesn't even know what Kimmel is at that point. And just the whole flight, he's just, you know, bitching and moaning. And John's the only one there that's really trying to talk him out of it. Uh, they get to LA a bit early, actually. And the pilots decide to be funny to uh, fly through downtown and, you know, kind of do some, some kind of, you know, maverick things. And Warren's not having it. And he's trying to get to the, to the pilots while they're flying. And John is literally having to, to bear hug Warren Sapp and prevent him from getting to these guys so that they literally don't crash the, 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 the helicopter and die. And then they get down there and, and basically Warren did a complete 180 from like being annoyed to having to be there. And just was like, I love this guy. He's, he's my best friend, you know, in a 30 minute helicopter ride. And, um, you know, and John recounts after the appearance, they, uh, they had Coldplay on the show. So he's, he's standing there with Warren Sapp and Gwyneth Paltrow watching Coldplay on Hollywood Boulevard. And then immediately after they have to fly Warren back to San Diego so he can party with his teammates. And there's just, there's so many stories like that where it was just John with this celebrity and then this other celebrity and you're just left going, wait, you did what with who and with who? And, you know, lo and behold though, he would, every single time, it was, it was not that he wasn't just telling the truth. He would actually downplay how fascinating the experience would be. Um, you know, I, I have so many stories I can share. The other one that stands out to me is at uh, Michael Jordan's 50th birthday party. They're at a New York City penthouse with just this VIP line. I mean, you can name any VIP imaginable and they were there. And, you know, he's just this guy that's not on TV. He's not famous, but, you know, he's walking up and down the line and everyone there is, you know, Magic Johnson, Chris Paul. They're just sticking their hands out and be like, John, come give me a hug. You know, I can't believe you're here. It's so good to see you. And, you know, he's he was a real VIP at like this extremely exclusive event and he gets in there and he remembers he, he's in kind of this one level of the penthouse and he suddenly finds himself walking down the steps because he's hearing something down there and he stumbles upon Prince playing a show just like Prince and his full band and they're playing like a small intimate show for Michael and so John's standing there and Prince is playing you know whatever 1999 Purple Rain he's all his hits and in between each song, he's, he's, you know, back and forth and with Michael, like, Michael, is that song okay? You know, you want me to play an upbeat one next? And Michael's like, Prince, you do you, man. Like, you're the artist. I'm just enjoying myself. And, you know, and then I think that was, that was the very next year Prince passed away. So it was just this, 
you know, really once in a lifetime surreal moment where it's like, you can't make that up. I don't care how creative you are. You know, the, the those small details of Prince asking Michael Jordan, or did you approve of my performance right there? It's just, you know, and, and he, he didn't tell us the story because it's like, oh, look at me, look at all these famous people I know. He was just matter of factly saying they were there and I was there too. And, you know, just he, he rubbed shoulders with all these incredible people and, and never once, you know, kind of lost sight of who he was. And so, like I said, I don't want to belabor the point, but it's just so many stories like that where you just, you can't believe the life he lived. And, you know, we said it a hundred times already. It's just, he, his loss just can't be, can't be filled. So. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a life cut short, but a life also lived to the fill- the fullest. Um, yeah, Andrew, you're, you're certainly a good repository. I've got a million stories of John, but many probably like uh, like the Warren Sapp story where I've got the basics down, but uh, maybe some of the details have escaped me because there's just so many. And, uh, you know, th- but they all seem to end with, you know, John just being in the middle of it, <laughs> you know, where, with who? Like the, the dude just had that kind of vibe, that aura, you just wanted to be around him. He just made you feel better about yourself, about your life, about everything. Um, and that was, you know, with, with, no, with no goal in mind other than to just to help you. Um, and, you know, you said it earlier, Andrew, that this, the walk-ons podcast, what we've got today would not be possible with him. I mean, I've known John since 2009, so about 12 years. And I mean, even starting in 2010, when I just come up, pop up to his office and, you know, just chat with him for an hour or two. And he'd always say, he's like, man, I would love to get you like one of these days, we're going to do a podcast. Like maybe you and my brother, we could do this. And, you know, in my head, I'm like, yeah, that'd be amazing. But of course, like that's never going to happen. And, you know, lo and behold, earlier this year, he reached out and said, Hey, I, I think it's time. Like my brother's in, like, I want you to do it. Like, I mean, after a decade, he was still thinking of me and of us. And, you know, at that point, it just so happened, Andrew, that, you know, you were deep into the stuff that you were doing and, you know, about his life. And that's how we met. And that's how you met Seamus, of course. And um, it all just kind of worked out. But uh, again, that's, just the encapsulation of John, like a decade later, I don't work there anymore. I don't work at Jimmy Kimmel anymore, but you know, John was going through his own stuff, um, but he was still thinking about me and still thinking about that podcast that we'd like dreamt about making a decade ago. And here we are. Um, so, you know, I think we have a service now to him to, to do right by him um, with this, with this show where that goes. I don't know. Um, I just know that I feel a, a very strong sort of pull to, to do right by by the man who did right by a lot of, a lot of other people. So um, with that, we're not going to, we're not going to beat this one into the ground, but um, John Carlin, one of the best guys there ever was, he's going to be so dearly missed and we love him. He's going to have his footprint on the walk-ons for forever, for as long as we're on the air. So, um, and he's going to have a footprint on on everyone's lives for forever as well. So certainly mine. And uh, I don't want to speak for you, Andrew or Seamus, but um, one of the most special, special people I've ever met in my entire life. And we're going to miss him a lot. So with that said, uh, this is the walk-ons podcast, Friday, December 3rd, 2021. Hopefully we'll be back next week with a little more lighthearted sports talk, but for right now, um, we are out.